Well, we are, we are so blessed that you're here this morning, so blessed that you're watching. Hallelujah. We're, glory to God. It is. It's always a privilege and an honor to gather together with God's wonderful people. Amen? I tell you, God is so good, so precious, so wonderful, touching our lives. Hallelujah. Amen? You know, we just, we just honor him. We thank God for his mercy, his grace in all that he does for our lives. Hallelujah. Well, welcome. We want to say welcome to all of you, but also we'll say very welcome. If you're here for the very first time, you might have come in and I didn't get a chance to see you. But if you are here for the first time, well, welcome to Harvest Bible Church. We're glad you're here. We love God with all of our heart. We're glad that you're here. And if you are here for the very first time, well, there's a connect card in the seat pocket right behind your seat there. If you just fill that out. Let us know how you heard about us. It's also our prayer request card. Uh, we say this every Sunday, you know. The key is, is that we want to get people connected. We, you know, people sneak in and sneak out. But the key is, is that, you know, we have a heart to get to know folks. You know, what's the one thing about it? Coming and checking out churches is kind of a challenge at times. But if you'd fill that card out and drop it into the offering bucket as it goes by, it'd be a real blessing uh, to us just so we can say, hey, we're glad you came. Uh, you know, and we just want to, you know, be as big a blessing as we can for you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, thank you for that. Hey, we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings and worship God with our giving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you, you know, sometimes it's still an act of worship. It's still an honoring of God. And, uh, you know, and I just want to thank you for just being obedient to what God's word says. Amen. We are so blessed. Uh, we are because of you. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. You can grab a, one out of there or if you know how to, uh, or if you've got it all set up on all of our stuff that's going on there. And those of you watching, you know how to give online and amen. We're, we are believing for, for good stuff. Hallelujah. We, we're trying to get the parking lot pumps all fixed. We've got that started. Uh, they've ordered the pumps for us and so... Uh, now we got to, you know, just so when it rains, we don't have to go out there manually and try to get it started. Amen. So, and if you've been around here, if, it, if you don't do that, then we have a nice lake out here. It gets about a foot and a half, two feet deep. So we have to make sure that we can get it all. So, uh, and get it all up to code and, and get it all working. Amen. It's a blessing. So that's not counting on our roof. Thank God. You know, we, if we didn't know it was going to rain like this, we'd have done our roof 10 years ago. We'd have said, hey, we're going to build a roof. We're going to put a roof there. But no, we know that it's, it's God is doing good things. But we're going to get it. Amen. We're, Christmas is doing a wonderful job keeping us dry. So uh, it's good. We're working on that. So we appreciate that for him. Running around, changing the water and the buckets out. He's the only one that knows exactly where everything is now. I don't even know where the new leaks are. So, <laughs> but that's okay. God's good. Amen. Hallelujah. We're just blessed. We're blessed and going to continue to be blessed. So let's pray over this offering. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege we have to bring our tithes and offerings and to worship you with our giving. And Lord, thank you for meeting and supplying all of our needs. Everybody here, Father, meeting their needs. Lord, we just give you honor. We give you glory. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Father, that we have an abundant supply. And Lord, I just thank you for that. And as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Glory to God. Amen. Here you go. Hallelujah. 
Well, we, I have one announcement, and then uh, Pastor Pamela is going to get up and give you a bunch of announcements here. One is, next Sunday, we have a very special guest speaker uh, by the name of Pastor Chris DeMarc. He is the pastor that took over for me back in Pittsburgh Christian Fellowship 28 years ago. He's still there, and uh, he's uh, just been a tremendous blessing. He came to me in 1986 as my youth minister back in the day and was with me, and then I put him in a church. Then I turned around when God called me here. I put him in that church that I left, and uh, he's just been a blessing. And uh, he's a unique, unique, wonderful guy. Him and his wife are coming. And, and I, you know, they've been here probably about 20 years ago. And so most of you don't even know who they are, what they have. But uh, he's a good Italian guy, and so is she. So it's all good. You know, he'll bless you. He's just as sweet as can be. And, uh, you know, I just appreciate him. So I want him to come. He's going to come and just be a blessing to you guys. So you'll want to be here and, and be blessed to have him just share. He's going to be sharing Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, I, I'll introduce and say more things about him there. But I'm going to let Esther Pamela go and let her share everything she needs to share. <laughs> go ahead, your hands are full. Amen. We can ask Chris all the questions we all have about all the stories back in the... <laughs> uh, it's a time to pick his brain. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love that, you know, the church was birthed out of the Jewish nation. I have such a heart and a love for the Jewish people. And um, because Jesus was from the Jewish people. He, he was born of a Jew, amen? And um, it says in John chapter 4, Jesus said this to the Samaritan woman. He said, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. Well, we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. And that Jesus was talking of himself as the Messiah. We are getting ready to do um, what's called a Passover Seder a teaching and a meal here on April 7th, Good Friday. And if you've never participated in that, it's so beautiful um, because, you know, uh, the, the Passover meal that is celebrated by true Jewish families, you know, they, they do the, the Passover. And matter of fact, it goes all the way back to, to Egypt when God told Moses to kill the, the lamb and put the, the blood on the post. And then it was a perpetual holiday that they were supposed to celebrate. And um, God is a visual, he was, he's a visual God. He did things in the natural realm as types and shadows that were all pointing to the coming of Jesus Christ. And so when we as, as uh, Christians, and even there's Messianic Jews, Jews that be, have become followers of Jesus, of Yeshua, uh, followers of Jesus Christ, you when you look now at the Passover meal, it just opens up and you see Jesus in the Passover. And it's so powerful and it's so beautiful. And if you will remember the night that Jesus, Jesus was betrayed, he was up in the upper room and he was having dinner. And it was the Passover dinner with his disciples. And it's that when he said, take this cup and drink and do this as often as you do this in remembrance of me. It's where we get our communion service that we do um, every month. And so it will really help to um, open your eyes to the beautiful depth of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, if you're letting Satan beat you up, 
Oh, that means you don't have a revelation of the blood of Jesus. And this is a good time for you to come and learn about the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. That 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 spirit of death had to pass by the houses. But we will be doing that April 7th. And tickets are on sale today. So um, we are have a limited. We're going to do it in this room. We're going to set it up very similar to how we set up for the Christmas dinner. And your families. I want you to bring your families. It's a family event. So children, fifth grade and under, are free of charge. We are not going to charge them. But if you're an, um, older than older than fifth grade, <laughs> we uh, are going to charge fifteen dollars per person. We are having a, um, a wonderful dinner. We're going to we're going to learn about it. Then we're going to do the you know we're going to. It's actually tactile, so you're going to be actually participating in doing the the whole the whole deal and learning about it. So it's fifteen dollars. Tickets will be on sale with Miss Angelica and Miss Leticia uh, immediately following service. It'll be this Sunday, next Sunday, and then the following Friday. It will be already time to have the dinner. So you have to register, even if your children are free, you need to register your kids because I need to know how food preparation, how much food to prepare. And there's a lot of preparation in this. Remember Jesus sent his disciples ahead and said, go prepare for the Passover meal. (laughs) There's a lot to do. So I'm telling you, uh, we got to prepare for this. Anyway, so that's April 7th. And I really do hope that you come and join me. And then um, also, ladies, we've been teasing you, I think, every week that um, we're going to start ticket sales for My Story, His Glory, our our first go-away women's retreat. And we are going to the Sierra Mountains. Isn't that awesome? Maybe not right now because there's so much snow. (laughs) But it will be May 19th through uh, the 21st. And the, the, you know, the message the Lord gave me, my story, his glory, it's powerful. There's a redemptive story in everybody's life. The way your story may not be the way you thought and expected it would be, but God can rewrite it, and he's a God of re- restoration and redemption, amen? And so tickets will go on sale starting next Sunday. So um, it's $250 per, per person that covers your lodgings, it covers your meals, and all the goodies that you know that I love to, you know, to, to spoil you with. And, um, and so it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. There is a coffee house on the premises. Is that not the Lord? <laughs> Amen, Miss Christina. Um, it's, it's a legit coffee place, Zoe's Coffee House, and they've got really good coffees and um, hot tea, if you like that. All right, well, you guys have a wonderful, blessed Sunday, and um, let's give a hand back to Pastor Mark. <laughs> Just so you know about the Friday night deal, it is actually a full dinner that we're giving you, so uh, we're doing something a little different than just that, because we did this whole thing for the, the yams, for the young adult ministry, and it was pretty unique, and uh, she was going to make this crazy matzo ball soup, which takes a whole week to make, I said, if you're going to make that, and you have 100 people show up, what does that mean? It means you're going to be in trouble. All you, yeah, all the junior high and high school, you guys can take off and go learn about how old the earth is. <laughs> Realize the word of God, Amen. But, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. And uh, aren't you glad that uh, God gives us examples? Amen. He does. That's why we have the Old Testament. The Bible says that the Old Testament is examples, that it was written for us as examples for us to follow and for how, how what to do and how what not to do. Huh? Amen? You know, you can follow the children of Israel. When they were in the will of God, they were invincible. When they were being rebellious... They couldn't win nothing. They were defeated on every side. Amen?
So it shows us how to be in the will of God and out of the will of God. And it's better to be in the will of God. Amen. Hey, before I get started this morning, uh, I just want to pray. And I want us as a body of Christ to pray. You know, we had a, a couple that's been been coming for about two, two months here, uh, Joel and Katrina. And uh, Katrina, Katrina was uh, killed in an automobile accident Thursday. And so Joel's here today. And I just... You know, when I, uh, Tracy called me on Friday because Joel came here on Friday night for prayer, which is a blessing. And so I want to pray for him, but I also want to just pray, uh, uh, you know, for the, for Katrina's family and everybody else, their, her kids and stuff. Amen. Father, we just honor you. We love you and praise you. As the body of Christ at Harvest Bible Church, we lift up Joel to you and we lift up all of Katrina's family, Father. We... We ask for your mercy and your grace. We may not understand all things, and we, we don't. We don't understand when tragic things happen and suddenly and things that take place. But, Father, that's the time that we get to trust you. And that's when we need your grace and your mercy most of all. So we thank you for your strength that's going to be for Joel and for his witness to Cretina's uh, uh, family and, and all of his own family. Father, I, I thank you for that. And as the body of Christ, we surround him with love. We surround him, Father God, with strength. And we, we honor you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're his comforter. And, and you're the comforter to the family. And so... Lord, through this, hallelujah, we just thank you that you're going to show yourself mighty. You're going to show yourself strong in Jesus' name. And so we honor you and thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, uh, things take place, things happen, but glory to God, we trust God in his grace and his mercy. Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to Psalm 62. Amen. Did you come expecting this morning? Did you come with a heart hunger? I, I don't know about you, but I just, I've been just in my heart, just really expecting God. Uh, you know, just because I'm, I'm, I'm looking for divine surprises. I really am. I'm looking for divine surprises in revelation knowledge. I'm looking for divine surprises in healing, deliverance. You know, financially, I'm looking for divine surprises in connectivity. I'm just watching God do things. I really am. I've got a, a greater expectancy. How many of you know it's so fun to, to know that there's more of God you can know? There's more of the Word of God that you know. There's more things that you can get out of. It's such a, such a wonderful blessing. Amen. And, and how many know we only get out of life what we expect or what we believe God for? Nothing less, nothing more. You only get out of life what you're expecting or what you're believing for. Because your belief is connected to your expectation. Amen? You know, I mean, our expectation is his invitation to work in our life. What do we expect him to do in every area? I mean, in everything. Many times we try to look at things for all the positive side of things. But, you know, when, but when things are coming against us, do we expect his mercy and his grace to sustain us? Do we expect God to show up and, and, and engulf us with the love? And we need to do that. We need to have an understanding. God's, God's amazing in every area. But here in Psalm 65, verse, uh, or 62, excuse me, verse 5, he said this. He said, my soul, wait only, thou, thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He is, or he only, is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Amen. 
Verse 7 says, in God is my salvation and my glory. He is the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. So I trust in him at all times. Everybody say all times. You have to trust in him at all times. Then he says uh, this right here. He says, you people pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah, which means stop and think about it. Verse five says, he is our, you know, he's my expect, expectation. My expectation is from him. So many times I'm praying, I'm asking the Lord, I'm doing different things. And, and you know, many times the Lord will just, in my spirit, will just come up and say, well, what are you expecting? What do you desire? What? And the Lord just kind of challenges my heart. Amen? Amen. And so there, let's go over to the New Testament. Let's go over to Philippians chapter one, if you would with me. I'm going to give you another scripture, and then I'm just going to share from my heart this morning, because I believe that we need to continually continually. You know, one of the hardest things that I, I think for people to do is to, to stay hungry, to stay fresh, amen, to get up with an expectancy, to expect. Sometimes we just go through the motions, amen. I know that sometimes we have to, we have to stir up our, stir up the gift. Remember what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. We know 2 Timothy 1 7, he says, you know, God's not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. We know that part. But the verse before that says, he tells Timothy, you need to stir up the gift of God in you. Sometimes you got to grab yourself like the psalmist said in Psalms 103 and says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me. Amen. You got to stir yourself up because you got to ask yourself if everybody is expecting from God like I'm expecting from God, what kind of day are we going to have? Thank you for your overwhelming response. See, that's one of the things is that, you know, our expectation from God is his invitation into our lives. Paul said this in, in uh, Philippians chapter one, you know, and uh, let's just back up here. To verse 19, he says, For I know this, that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Isn't that an interesting statement? He said, I know that this shall turn to my salvation for my freedom, for everything that I need through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit uh, of Christ Jesus. Now look at verse 20. According to my earnest expectation... And my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Wow. But that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. What an amazing statement. I mean, this right here, these these two scriptures, I mean, they just... It's just amazing because he said this, hey, I know I'm going to get set free. I know that God's going to give salvation because of, of your supply of the Spirit and your prayers. He's expecting. I don't know if the Philippian church was expecting or not, but Paul's expecting. He says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Nothing. I'm not ashamed for anything. Everything. I expect God to answer my prayers. I expect God to move. I expect God to do what he said in his word he'd do. And isn't it amazing? He goes on to say that I expect this. I desire this. He says, and I shall not be ashamed. Mm. 
in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. And so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or death. He said, I don't care whether I'm living or going to die. God's going to get glorified and I'm not going to be ashamed. How did he, and I'm still going to stand up with all boldness and declare the word of God. God's word never fails. Amen. And, and so my title this morning is just expectations. What is our expectations? What do we see? In our lives right now, what do we see for the future? What, what are we expecting God to do? What does the word say we're supposed to have an expectation of? Amen? Paul said he had an expectation of salvation. And that word salvation is an awesome word. He had an expectation of deliverance. He had an expectation of healing. He had an, whatever it is he was believing, whatever he needed, he knew he had an expectation that God was going to bring it to pass. That God was going to meet his need. Amen? Do you realize that without the supernatural, without the power of God, Christianity is just a social club (laughs) of of good morals, good things. But without the spectacular, supernatural power of God, aren't you glad that you've been empowered by the Spirit of God? The Holy Spirit of God lives and dwells on the inside of you. And you're expected of what God can do in you. See, the problem is we're always expecting God to do something out here. It's when we get in here that changes everything out there. When you expect God to change you and God to reveal to you and God to open your eyes and you get so excited about what God's doing in your life. It's your testimony. It's your story. It changes everything. Amen. And if you don't like your story, change it. Come in and get the word of God and change your story. Hallelujah, because God's word will change your story. Amen? How I many you know we still have a supernatural Jesus? We got a supernatural word. We got the supernatural Holy Spirit. We, we still have all of these things here. This is still a supernatural Bible. Amen? Hallelujah. We take hold of the word of God and it changes our lives. And we have to allow that. But it doesn't become life to us if we don't expect it to be. Amen? How many of you know that that's how, that's how everything works? I mean, if you believe in something, it actually works for you. Now, they've taken that with medicine and everything and giving people the stuff that doesn't even, it has no benefit at all. But because people believe it does, it works for them. I mean, if you have faith in things, it works. Because you, you just totally have, have, have told yourself, hey, I, this is going to work. This is going to be a blessing. This is going to do things. Well, the word of God is even more powerful because it actually does have power in it. When you believe the word of God, it contains those things. It contains it. And, and when you expect for right now, then you're not looking back. You're not wishing it was. Amen. Because there is nothing of the past that equals the presence that we live in right now. Thank God for all the moves. Thank God for everything. But right now, God is pouring out. God is opening the windows of heaven for you and I. He is not withholding in. God will never. But every generation has to fight for the supernatural. Every generation has to fight to believe God. Isn't it amazing? God told Abraham that, hey, you're going to be the father of many nations. Change Sarai's name to Sarah. Abram's name to Abraham. Gets all this stuff. Sarah has a child supernaturally. Isaac goes out, gets Rebecca. Rebecca can't have any kids. She's barren. (laughs) Until they have to believe God for their generation. 
And then she has, you know, Jacob and Esau. Hallelujah. By the Spirit. Every generation has to fight for the supernatural. Every generation has to fight for the promises of God. The promises of God are yes and amen. They are so be it. God's not withholding. God's like, it's all ours. But every generation has to ask. Every generation has to decide, are we going to, how much of God are we going to have in our lives? How much are we going to let God move and manifest? How much are we going to allow God to be God and, and change the things in our lives? And that's what we have to ask because we have to say, what are we expecting? Amen. There has to be that expectation. And your expectation has to be from him, glory to God, that he is your refuge. He is your strength. He is everything we need. God's going to be everything we need. God's going to be that. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's the wonderful thing. That's the heritage of the church. That's God's heritage for you and I. That's our heritage. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about it is, is that glory to God, we can see. Now, remember I said this, thank God for examples. Aren't you glad that we've got the word of God? that declares and tells us what we can take hold of. If God did it for one, he'll do it for all. If you can find it in the Bible, if you can find the way, it can become life to you. Just like John three sixteen came. Romans 10, 9 and 10, when you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth the Lord, you became born again, changed your life forever. And if it didn't, we're going to give you that opportunity to do that today. Because if you've confessed that and believed it, and it didn't change you, you didn't do it. Okay, period. When you get born again, you get changed. Because you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. So if nothing changed in you when you take hold of the word of God, here's the thing about it. How do you know if the word of God's life to you? How do you know if this scripture really is doing what it's supposed to do and, and really is so awesome? It's when it changes you. It's when you're so thrilled about it. It's when you begin to have it on the inside of you and you could care less about anybody else. You're like, whoa, God said that just for me. It's mine. Somebody else said they want to try to take it. Said so that's a well. Hey, if you want to try to get a little leftovers, but it's mine. <laughs> because you get thrilled about it, it becomes something that you're just, and it changes you, and it enables you to walk differently than the way you were walking. Amen. Do you know one of the reasons we haven't evangelized the world or we haven't changed the world the way we should have is because we haven't taken time to edify ourselves and to get full of things, get full of the word of God, full of the spirit of God, and then go out and edify others. What do I mean by edify? Build each other. If you haven't built it, you haven't got this so exciting on the inside of your, your salvation, being filled with the spirit, the word of God, knowing who you are in Christ, getting it on the inside of you so that nobody can take it away from you. No matter what logic they try to bring, no matter how much all these things out here in the natural, they can't change your opinion of the word of God. They can't stop you from being you because this is who you are. How do they, they can be who they want to be, but this is who you are. It changes you. It becomes life to you, and, and you get on, and you're just so thrilled that you just dump on everybody else around you. You just splashing over. You know, we used to have old time, old time testimony service in Pentecostal churches. You know, we used to have testimonies, and so somebody would get blessed, and they'd get up and they'd give a great testimony, and then the person next to them would get so excited because of that person, and they'd want to give a testimony, and, and you'd be like, "You just got a slopped over blessing. You need, you need to relax. You need to get your own." <laughs> you know, you can go, you can go far on secondhand revelation. You can go pretty far on second and everything, but you go so much farther when it's first hand. 
When you go so much farther, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, it changes you. It's that expectation. It's that desire of like, hey, you know what I just found out? Wow, God's doing this. You know, that's the thing about it. That's why, you know, people, Christians get all excited. I remember when I got so excited, I got born again. I was so excited. And, the, and the, all the older folks said, well, you'll, it'll wear off. It took them about three years to put the light out, you know, to get you calmed down. It's like, oh, I got to be like them. And I thought, if this is all there is, we're in trouble. Amen. This is just enough to, just enough to frustrate you. I got born again. I love God. But then I was, I was so excited about this, and every time I'd go talk to the pastor or talk to people, they'd say, well, that really doesn't mean that, or that really doesn't mean that. It's kind of like the little girl who you know, went to church, brought her Bible, and every time the pastor would say, well, you know, that's really not for us today, so she'd rip that page out of her Bible. <laughs> and so after about a year, you know, uh, she came through, and, and the pastor noticed her, but he said, man, where's all the pages? She said, well, every time you said a scripture wasn't for us, I just ripped that page out, and there ain't nothing left. And see, what happens to us is that we look at this and we see this and we say, okay, because see, if we ill esteem the word of God, then we just shut off miracles, we've shut off life, we've shut off everything. See, that's why in the church we've got to come and we've got to get built up, get strong. Why? So we can go out and dump on somebody else. And not in a bad way, it's just it just sloshes off on them. You know, it just kind of sloshes. I mean, because the Holy Spirit, he'll magnify Jesus everywhere you go if you let him. Amen? No, I got got a really good compliment yesterday. We were at a a birthday party, and somebody gave me a really compliment. For somebody, they they turned 80, and so we were at their birthday party. And he just, you know, in one sense, you know, he was basically saying, I don't really care about your preaching. Your preaching's not all that good. That's what he said in front of everybody. And I said, that's cool. He said, but, he said, the reason that I... I'm amazed. He said, because of all of your actions. He said, because of what you do and who you are and what you've done, you know, it's an amazing, I know the power and the presence of God in your life. So it was a really great compliment, you know, because it didn't bother me if he didn't like my preaching. That doesn't bother me at all. I always preach what I know and let you do your own thing. And it's never bothered me what anybody didn't like what I'd say or do, whatever, because I enjoy me. I like hearing me, so it's okay. I'm, you know, hey, it's, so it's never bothered me about that. I love, and I'm, I'm doing the best, and God's doing the best he can with me. So you, we're doing this, amen? But it's your actions, amen? It's our actions, because our actions will speak so loud, hallelujah, that people begin to see. Then they'll begin to want to hear what we're doing. Because you know, the, when you're full of the Spirit of God and full of the Word of God, you will always be acting, There'll be an action. You can't help it. You just can't help it. There's going to be a boldness. You're, there's going to be an action. There's going to be something you're going, to, you're going to act. You're going to do. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. Let me help you out here. You, you, here's one of the biggest things that we, or two things, I should say, that we have to grab. Our expectation comes from having these two things. One is having ears to hear. You got to be open to hear what God is saying. You got to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Remember, that's what he told the churches in Revelation. But he's telling all the time, listen, the Spirit of God is moving. He's talking. He's sharing right now. Got to have ears to hear. What are you saying? I got to expect. I got to believe. I got to, what is God speaking to my heart? What is God saying to me today? Because God's a personal God. Amen? Yes, Hallelujah. 
But not only do you have to have ears to hear spiritually, I'm talking about naturally, but it's really spirit to get hitting what God's speaking to your heart. But here's the problem. You can hear things and you can say, isn't that really nice? But the second thing, if, if your heart is not open and receptive to receive, it won't do any good. Got to have ears to hear and a heart to receive. How do I know if I receive the word of God? Do I receive it with gladness? How do I know if it's planted in good ground or if it's just I receive it with gladness, but then the devil comes and he immediately steals it. He comes in and gives logic or he comes in and gives an answer. He comes in and tries to, but you got to have ears to hear and hearts to receive. Because you're excited about it. I got ears to hear, hearts to receive. Why? Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit, he's lifting things up. He's into And I want to take it. I want to, it's mine. I want to grab a hold of it. I want to get it on the inside of me. Isn't it wonderful? The only time you can ever be selfish is when the Holy Spirit's talking to you about the word of God. For you. And, you, and what are you selfish against? The enemy, the devil, trying to come against you to steal. Because what does the Bible say? Immediately. Immediately, immediately the devil's going to, after church today, the first person's going to meet you outside the door is the enemy going to try to steal the word of God. Immediately he's going to come and take the word of God out of you because who do you think you are that you can expect God to do anything for you? What have you done for him? You didn't even, you know, you haven't read your Bible, you haven't prayed, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. I mean, come on. You just showed up today luckily and heard something. (laughs) How do I know this? Because the enemy's the same liar to everybody. But you've got a choice. You've got a choice to whether you're going to listen to him or whether you're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. It says no. You've got a choice to say, am I wayside ground or am I good ground? And then you've got to ask yourself, because there's other ground in there, which is the thorny ground, okay? Hallelujah. You know, you've got to make sure that you're going to ask yourself, am I going to let the cares of this life wipe things out? Am I going to let everybody else's opinion stop what God wants to do in my life? Are we going to be like the Apostle Paul here and go, ooh, my earnest expectation is this, and my is that in nothing, I'm not going to be ashamed. I can believe this, and I will not be ashamed. God will not cause me to be ashamed. He's going to bring it to pass. I have an expectation of what he's doing. I have an expectation of what he has for me. Amen? Because, see, the Holy Spirit's always, he's always lifting. Amen. You know, he's always lifting. He's always making you a letter for somebody else to read. The Bible calls it, you're a living epistle. You remember over in... Uh, uh, I think second, maybe Second Corinthians chapter three. There, when yeah, Second Corinthians chapter three, verses one through eighteen. If you read that whole thing, it, it, it contradicts some things that were not contradict, but it, what it does, it contrasts the law versus the spirit of and the glory of the law versus the glory of what Jesus brought to us. And uh, but in the beginning of those first three verses, there first four verses, Paul says, "Do we need letters of recommendation from you?" What do you mean? You're our letter of recommendation. You're our living letter. You're the living letter. We, you, we came there with nobody else. We're the ones that led you to Jesus. You're the ones that got born again, got filled. And, you're, and now these people have come in and they're trying to say, you know, that you need to do this or do this in order to get better. Now, thank God for revelation. Thank God for renewing our mind. But listen, if you're born again here today and you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you are good. Amen. Amen. Now your understanding of who you are can get so great and better, but you're the best you you're going to be because you're seated at the right hand of the father. You can't get any higher spiritually than you already are right now. If you're born again, you know, you're saved. Glory to God. Stop picking on yourself. 
Now start believing what God said about you is true instead of what the world says about you is true. Start believing what God says. Start believing and start expecting what the Bible says about you is so. So let's expect that to happen. God's forgiveness. God's grace. Yeah, I'm not doing everything right. Yeah, I'm not know everything. But glory to God. Thank God for what I do know. Amen. Now we walk in this. We can walk this out. But thank God. Hallelujah. I don't have to do anything else to get salvation except believe on him. Amen? You got to get that foundation on the inside of you because then you got to expect, I'm in the family. I'm in the family. Somebody else gets blessed. You go, woohoo, I'm in the family. I'm going to find that door. I'm going to find that room. I'm in that line. Don't know where I'm going to get to, but I'm going to get there. Hallelujah. God's doing this. God, hey, God said, hey, you know what? God said, he said, really? Yeah, it's yours. It's mine. Yeah. Amen? And whatever's in the house belongs to you. Amen. I mean, I love things. You know, I always, God reminds me of things, you know, that was, the, that was the thing in my house. If you brought something into the house, it was community project. So if you brought food into the house or you brought candy or cookies, you said, this is mine. So, ah, you brought it in the house. It's free. So you didn't want anybody to share. If you didn't want it, you better eat it in the car. Or you better eat it outside. You bring it in the house. It's in the house. If it's in the house, it belongs to all of us. And listen, we're the house. God's going to, he brought it for us, for us to do. Glory to God. Amen. See, we're always looking for something in the natural to grab a hold of. But you'll, if you'll find out, the, here's one of the big keys. Like I said, you have to have ears to hear and hearts to receive. But once you grab a hold of that, your victory starts and becomes life to you when you start believing. When you have an expectation, when you're expecting God to do something, you're expecting these things to work out. Now, you're there in Philippians. Go back to Romans, if you would. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. I love Romans chapter 8. It's one of my favorite chapters. I guess I got a lot of favorite chapters. I do, I do. You say everything, it is. You know, the word of God just kind of all goes together, ties in there. It's so wonderful. Uh, hallelujah. But Romans 8.28 has probably been a, a, a game changer for me in a lot of ways because I like, and then I know there's been some songs written now, but I, I don't forget what the name is on, but I, I just know one verse and it says, it says, if the story ain't good, then it ain't over. <laughs> then it's not finished. And if your life ain't, is not, I know ain't isn't a good word, but if your life is, isn't good right now, uh, your, your life isn't over because God's a good God means he's got a better story for you. Amen. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know, we know. I love Paul. I love John. They always say, we know, we know, we know, you know, you know, we know. They don't say, we maybe, might. It's always, you know, we know, we know, we know, we know. You know, if you know something, nobody can take it from you. It says, and we know that all things... Everybody say all things. All things. Uh, you know, and, and it's so wonderful. You look up that word all. Oh, it's so awesome. In the Arabic, in the Greek, in the Hebrew, all the language. You know what that word means? There you go. Y'all just know that. It's good. It means all. You know, because people are always trying to, trying to work around. Well, you can't, you got to do that. And said, so, nope, that's all is all. I love that. That was one of my best studies. And the other one was if. 
You remember my whole series on if, the ifs in the Bible? No, you don't? I'm about to bring that back out. Because the ifs is good. If you know the ifs, if you do this, then you get this. It's not, you don't get this if you don't do this. That's true. All right, they'll go back to this. Let's know then the message. Stop that. Quit trying to draw. And we know that all things work together for the good. Everybody say good. Good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And see, somebody says, yeah, well, I don't know if I'm called. You are called. You're called to be a Christian. You're called because God called you. You could not be born again if you weren't called. Because the Bible says you didn't, God had to draw you. God drew you to himself. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what God does. And then once he gets you, then you're supposed to chase after him. Amen. Hallelujah. But all things work together for the good. Amen. All things work together for the good. Hallelujah. To them that are love God. Now there's a, there's a key here. To love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. See, there's a little, little thing. You've got to love God. Love God. Have an expectation from God. Amen. Have this. Now, go with me over to Philemon, if you would, which is over there right before Hebrews, right before, you know, uh, Hebrews, right there, right before the book of Hebrews, goes Titus and Philemon, you know, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus and Philemon, or Philemon, whichever one you want to do, however you want to say it. But just go to Philemon here, verse 6, there's only one chapter there. What am I trying to share today? I'm trying to get you to expect God to move in your life, expect God to bring divine uh, surprises. Expect God to bring whatever it is you need at that moment, God will bring it. If it's peace, if it's strength, if it's joy, if it's healing, if it's financial, whatever wisdom, whatever it is, you have an expectation that what God said, he'll do. Because the Bible says if we ask him, he'll do it. Amen? Amen. But you've got to have ears to hear and hearts to receive. Because he may tell you to do something crazy. <laughs> you say, well, I don't believe that. He would never. God loves to get you out of your comfort zone. He's been trying to get all of us out of our comfort zone for a long time. Hallelujah. Verse 6. He said that the communication. Hmm. That the communication of your faith, amen, hallelujah, may become effectual, hallelujah, glory to God, or powerful, praise God, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And the whole thing about it is is that we've got to believe, hallelujah, that when we got born again, we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And so that raises our expectation far above us. You look so much better in Christ than you do out of Christ. And his blood is so powerful, so great. But that the communication or, hallelujah, you know, of, of your faith, the communication of your faith may become effectual or powerful by what? Acknowledging every good thing that's in you. Not every bad thing. We know how bad you are. We know how ugly you are. We know how dumb you are. But we love you, okay? The key is you need to acknowledge how good things in you. We need to find the good things in you. And you need to find the good things in your life. And acknowledge those things. If you want your faith to become powerful. It's not bright. Paul said over there in in Philippians. He said, hey, I know 
that your supply and your prayers is going to bring my salvation. Also, I know that no matter what, my expectation is that I'm not going to be ashamed in anything. doesn't matter. what happened. I'm not going to be ashamed in life, and I'm not going to be ashamed in death. Why? Because I belong to God. God's got it. He's got it. And Paul told right here when he wrote this letter, and he told him, he said to Onesiphorus, he said, hey, here we go. He said, hey, if you want your faith to become effectual and powerful, then you've got to acknowledge every good thing that's in you. Did you know that you were wonderfully and beautifully made? You know that God knows everything about you, that God placed within you his spirit so that you could walk victoriously, that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That's God's given you an unction from the Holy One so that you can know all things. God gave you the spirit of truth. Hallelujah, that's going to abide with you forever. He's going to teach you things and show you things of what Jesus, but he's also going to show you things to come. Hallelujah, that the greater one lives and dwells on the inside of us. Hallelujah, that we're a child of God, that no matter what, we're not going to be ashamed in anything, whether in life or in death. And when you have ears to hear, it doesn't matter because you're listening to a different folk. Amen? You're listening to somebody different. You're listening to somebody very, very different. Amen? Because you found out the will of God. You found out what God can do. But not only did you find out what God can do, you found out what God will do for you. And it's like the little kid who's got the candy. And everybody's looking for the candy and you know you got it. And it's yours because you got it. And they're all going, How do we just, and you're like, I found it. I know where it is. I know what, and I know I can get it when I want to. Because you've got a hold of the truth of the word of God. Amen? Here's something true too. Don't ever let the unbelief of anybody else around you rob you from taking the blessings and the goodness of God for yourself. And here's another thing. Don't ever be ashamed of the blessings of God. When God blesses, when God does, and God opens your heart to receive... Now, you don't have a heart of you. You're not prideful, but you don't ever say, hey, listen, I can't help what God's doing. God's blessing. What am I supposed to do? You know, sometimes you want to share, you know, when you share how what God's doing, people get, you know, I found myself, you know, I want to share. I want to tell the story of what God did for us here and everything. But then you can just see people sink instead of going, you're in that line. You're in that line. Because I remember, I went for years and years and years to all these conventions or go to all these places, seminars and all that. And, you, and they always parade up the people that are doing good at that moment. And then they pray everything else. Or they'll pray, to, hey, look what God did. And they're saying all these things. And you're sitting out there struggling. And you're sitting out there going, well, how come God don't ever do that for me? What's going on? I mean, hey, I don't want to say, well, how are you doing? You know, because that's the big thing. Well, how are you doing? What's happening? How's the truth? You know, and uh, everybody gets intimidated. Hallelujah. But I, I just never allowed that to get into me. I never let people go. I mean, I just rejoice with them. I get excited. I say, God, you know why? Because I'm in that line. You know, and now that things, you know, we have the super miracles, things have happened, God's doing, you know, and, and you begin to share and I can just see it. So I, I always make a, a beeline to our people and say, listen, you're in that line. God's going to do the same for you, didn't me? I mean, we just were faithful. We just kept going all those years. Nothing happened, but we're planting seeds. We're doing everything. And man, boom. Why? Because we're faithful and you're faithful and God's going to honor it. Amen. God's going to honor it. God's going to honor it. 
you know, it was such a blessing because this past uh, Winter Bible Seminar, there was a lot of newer people that were there and, I, and a lot of folks that I'd seen and I hadn't seen for years and they just, they showed up and it was so fun to see them and they were like, man, you know, because I helped them get in ministry, I helped them succeed or I helped them do the things and it was such a blessing to see God's hand upon their lives. And the reason being is, is because you know, they're being faithful and seeing the hand of God there. I said, you just keep doing what God's called you to do. You be faithful. God's going to do this. Amen. And you see God's hand. You see God's hand. You know, here, here's the thing. Let me close. Let me wrap this thing up. You know, you can't change who God is. You can't. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, and God always stays the same. He's always giving. He's always pouring. He's always wanting to do great things. But why doesn't he do things all the time? It's because we don't expect him to. He answers according to our expectation or he answers according to our faith. You know, we can't change, you know, who God is. But boy, boy, can we sure change what he is to us. Amen? We can sure change how he responds. Hallelujah. Because we can know where the word of God says, hey, this is what God can do. But man, this is what God will do. You know? See, because you have to understand, hope begins where, when you know what God can do. And thank God you need hope. Don't, don't, don't mess around there. Thank God for hope. Hope begins when you know what the Bible says God can do. But faith begins when you know what the will of God is. Faith begins where the will of God is known, what God will do for you. And what God will do for you is what can you believe? What can you expect God to do? Now, see, the problem with us, we expect God to do it. We expect him to do it right now, right now, this second. And if he doesn't do it, then it must not be his will. But God gave us his will. And so if it's his will in here, then it's his will in here. Amen? See, when I know what God can do, then I know what God will do on the inside of me. That changes everything. And here's the thing. How many of you know God is? Yeah, God was. God will be. But if you don't have a God is in your life, you're in trouble. If you're always looking to the past of what he did do, and man, God was so good. And God will be so good. But if God is not good right now, that's where you're defeated. And what it, Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, amen, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because you must believe that he is, that he is, he is, he is what? He is whatever you need. And he's a rewarder than the diligently seek him. He is, he is whatever you need. Hallelujah. And you've got to fight for it. Paul told Timothy, he said, you've got to fight the good fight of faith. He said, you've got to fight for it. You've got to fight for it. Nothing comes easy. It's so funny. I heard people, you know, they say, well, I want everything you have. I still want to work for it. I said, well, that's the problem. You're going to be in trouble because I'll work for everything I got. You know, I have people tell me that. I said, well, yeah, but we, we don't want to work as hard as you had to work. I said, well, you, you probably won't get as much as I have, but that's okay. Get whatever you're going to do. You've got to work for it. Amen. You've got you to believe God. You've got to exercise your faith. It's a funny thing about folks when they look at things and they say, hey, well, that's just because God graced you. 
You just have this grace and you have this, this thing. You know, it's so funny. I didn't have that grace or that anointing when I was going through things 20 years ago. I didn't have any anointing or anything. I was fighting every fit I could to get it done. <laughs> you know, I had to get up and go and do and do what God said. Just believing, listening to the heart of the Father, listening to the Spirit of God. Amen? But you know, that's the thing about it. We have a tendency to think, you know, what am I really, uh, do I need? Or It's not a question. It's a question of the expectancy of what do you want God to do through you? How do you, in you? How to, and so that you can be a blessing to all those around you. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, well, I've done enough. Amen? I mean, I've went through that. And this is for somebody here this morning. I went through that. I thought I'd done enough. I did ministry. I did life. I did everything. 24 hours a day for 37 years. Just, I mean, I did it all. I, I mean, night and day, day and night, not taking a break very much at all, but living and breathing. And I thought, that's enough. I, I know I'm better than most Christians that just are, you know, out here, they just got saved. I know I, I'm going to let God be that and I'm going to quit. Now, I've been in this 40, 44 years, okay, so you guys know this, this was seven years ago, all right? And so, uh, in that sense of dealing with it and everything, because you start counting up thinking, well, I've done more than that person. I did more than that person. I did a lot more over here. Look at this. this is, and you want to start, uh, you know, showing up your accolades and all these kind of things here. And the Spirit of God said to me, the Spirit of God said to me, he said, why do you want to just go three quarters and quit? He said, I want you to go all the way across the whole side. And then he said this. He said, I don't care what you did. <laughs> so I gave my life up for you. I put up with all your kids. <laughs> and I started naming off a few of them. I said, they, they, you know, they made heaven because of me. That's God. I had to keep them, you know. I mean, I was, I was just saying, and he's like, hey, no, here we go. But, <laughs> you know, and then he reminded me. That's why we're here. Because I was in 15 years of ministry, and God came into my office in Pittsburgh, and he said, I don't care what you've done for the last 15 years of ministry. Will you be obedient now? Amen. And boy, that rocked my world, because I thought... I'm, I'm worthless. You didn't even care about what I've done. I've been in the inner city. I've been threatened. I've been, I mean, I've had to put up with more things than anybody else. These 15 years is terrible. And, uh, but God, what he was saying is he just had to get my attention. And what he was saying, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. He said, I've got a job. I got an assignment. I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And that's the rest is history. That's why we're here. And he's taking care of those folks with Pastor Chris, who's going to be here you know, this next week and stuff. He, I left him with a great shepherd. And, uh, but the, the thing that it is is that God's not saying he doesn't want us. God's not finished with any of us in this room. In fact, some of you haven't even started yet. Praise God. You younger ones, you've got to get you started. God wants to get you started. And some of you other ones, you've been just kind of coasting here a little bit. We're going to get you started up, get you back up again too. And then some of the other ones, you thought you were going to just wind back down. No, God's given you a voice. God's given you act. And God's given you a presence. And it's your supply that we need. You know, I'm going to, you know, brag on brother self back here. He's a supply. And I appreciate him. Now, he's our oldest member. He's 93. So y'all got a long ways to go. 
So it's a blessing. He just, and, and, and he stirs my heart every week. He does. He just challenges me every week. He challenges me. Tells me when I'm wrong. I love it. It's good stuff. How did you? It's good things, you know? Amen? But what I'm saying that, why am I saying that? It's because we've got to stop just trying to make it to the end. We've got to get our expectancies up. We've got to get our faith up because God's presence is being poured out and it's going to be poured out here. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's bow your heads. Thank you. Oh. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Many of you say, but why would you want to do that for me? Oh, but I say, says the Lord, that I sent my son to die for each and every one. And then my son made it back to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to live in every one. And I have so much more than that which you've received. Oh, yes, some have tasted and seen, some have walked and seen and have grabbed a hold of certain and have been rejoicing and so thrilled with that which they've gotten. But there's so much more. There's so much more, so much more for you to take hold of and so much more for you to receive and for you to see on the inside for you to taste and to partake and to share and to share one with another, but not just share one with another, but to share with a world that needs my love, says the Lord, that needs my joy, that needs my peace. And see, as I gave my son, my son declared to you that he gave you his peace. His peace was my peace. Not peace like the world gives, but peace that I give. He gave joy. Not joy like the world gives, but joy that I give. Joy that can't be taken. Joy that cannot be stopped. Even in the midst of hurt. Even in the midst of chaos. Even in the midst of that it looks like it's, it's, it's not going to work or not, things aren't going to happen. No, because my plan, my purpose is going to go forth. My plan, my purpose shall be fulfilled because my word does not return unto me void, says the Lord. It doesn't. It accomplishes the thing whereunto I sent it and it prospers in it. So think not so lowly of yourself. You're my child. You're my child, says the Lord. You're my son. You're my daughter. Because if you've believed in me and you've accepted me as your Lord and as your Savior, then you're my child. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
So stop looking at what you can't do. Stop looking at what you don't have. Stop looking at what's going on around and start looking on the inside and start looking into the inside of my word. Start looking on the inside so that I can begin to change the image in which you have of yourself so I can change you into my image and into my likeness so that you can receive all that I have. All that I have. (laughs) And yes, 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 you're worth it. No, you haven't blown it so far in the sense that I can't redeem you, that I can't restore. No, I brought you here this morning for you to change your mind, to change your heart, to change what people have said, to change who you think you are because you're not that. You don't even know who you are because you haven't let me tell you who you are. You haven't let me define who you are. But if you'll let me, through my word, show you who you are in me, it will change everything about you. Everything about you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for that admonishment. We thank you, Father, that you stir our hearts because, Father, it just seems so hard for us as Christians to believe that you really, really have done so much for us, that you didn't just save us. It's not just, oh, I've got salvation. But what is salvation? Man, what a word. What a life. What does it mean to be a new creature in Christ Jesus? What does it mean to be your child? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And now, Lord, I just pray as our heads are bowed, our eyes go, Father, for every person that's here. But if there's anybody here that really, truly doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior, or they may once have, but they know that they're not right with God right now. They need to get their lives right. That you're just sharing with them that they don't have to live the way they've been living. They don't have to be the way they've been being. That God, you've got a plan and a purpose for their lives. For all of our lives. The best is yet to come, Lord. Hallelujah. And so if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior or you're here and you want to make sure that you know you're going to make heaven, miss hell, you just want to know, you want to come back to God, just raise your hand real high. Let me pray. Let God pray. All the things I've said, they're ours, they're yours, but you got to be a partaker of the things of God. Hallelujah. you got to be in the family of God in order to receive. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm just looking up. You know, I never force anybody, make anybody. It's a free gift. It's the greatest thing in all the world. Hallelujah. And God will never force you. You got to come to him freely. He loves you. He'll make a way. He'll do all kinds of things for you. But if you don't yield and let him do it, it's up to you. Amen. Those of you watching, if you watch this, you get to see this. I did. I believe that. That's why we put it out there. We're believing for people to be touched by the power of God. Amen. Father, thank you once again for all of these folks that are here. Lord, you're going to make us lights in a dark world. You're going to give us a voice in a crooked and perverse generation. And Father, you've admonished us to walk in light of your word. You've admonished us, Father God, to have an expectation. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Father, we just thank you. We don't bring condemnation upon ourselves. 
We're not looking to say, well, you know, no, no, no. We're just allowing you to be you. Thank you for loving us and thank you for loving them. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that your grace, hallelujah, and your mercy far exceeds your judgment. And Lord, thank you for touching lives this morning. Thank you for the word. I just trust that the word, hallelujah, touches lives today. And Lord, we honor you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's all stand up. We're going to have our prayer team come forward. If you need prayer for anything, they're up here for you. I love you. God loves you. The best is yet to come. All of you watching, we'll get to see you on Wednesday. God bless all of you. You're all dismissed.